Welcome to the Boss Podcast. This podcast provides today's sellers with sales tactics that will help them to reach their goals. Your host, Mark McGinnis, brings you diverse guests, high-quality discussion, and valuable insights on every single show. Mark is the author of Tactical Pipeline Growth, as well as an in-demand sales trainer and coach for B2B companies all over the world. If you want to be better at outbound sales, you're definitely in the right place. Now let's get into the podcast. Welcome to the Boss Podcast. I'm Mark McGinnis. Thanks for joining me as we explore new ways to be great at outbound selling. Today, we're joined by Jeff Bajor. He's a great guy, and he has some really valuable things to say. He was so very generous with both his time and his sales knowledge during our conversation that we ended up covering so much ground on this that I've decided to break this into two episodes. I've done this for two reasons. One, to make it easier for you to access the content which you'll find more valuable to you and more likely to help you. And two, I'm truly grateful for your time and I understand that not everyone has got 45 minutes or even an hour to invest in long-winded podcasts. So having two powerful shorter sessions seems to be the way to go. This way, you can get the information that you want, then get out and focus on taking action. This first chat with Jeff covers off the death of face-to-face selling and why we probably didn't need face-to-face selling in the first place. So it's more than just a little bit controversial. We also talk about why those nice bottles of wine and the great games of golf we once gave our prospects might not be the way forward in the post-COVID future years. Also, we cover off the importance of getting people's names right and the true value of relationships in sales today. A quick heads up, we forgot to include Jeff's new sales community web address in the show. So I've included those in the show notes so you can check them out or you can go directly to jeffbajork.live to catch all the very latest stuff Jeff's up to. Before we jump into this episode, I'm focused on sharing as much tactical advice as I can with as many salespeople as I can through this podcast. In order to do that, I need to get this podcast into the hands of as many sellers as possible. You see, I need a little help and I'm prepared to swap you for it. How would you like an electronic copy of Tactical Pipeline Growth sent directly to you? All you have to do is leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts. It would really help other listeners to find us and it helps us to find more great guests in the future, guests just like Jeff. And of course, the better the guests, the better the sales strategies. The good news is it'll only take you about 60 seconds to do, and you can probably access a review function directly from the device you're using right now. I really appreciate it. Simply leave us a review and then screenshot that and send it to me either via DM on LinkedIn or directly through my email, and I'll send you a copy of the book. Simple as that. Now, let's jump into the show with Jeff Bajor. Today, I'm joined by Jeff Bajor. This has got to be a great episode because Jeff is super well-known, he's very passionate and a very successful sales consultant. He's the host of his own podcast, it's called The Why and the Buy, and he has a couple of books out that I haven't read yet, so full disclosure there. They're called Rethink the Way That You Sell. He's also a contributing author for the Sales Hacker community, which is a really cool community that we should all be part of, and I'm guessing most of you probably are. Importantly, Jeff has his own sales community that you can join, also called Rethink the Way That You Sell. And like I said, you can and should join that. That's free. So Jeff's been around for a while. He certainly knows his stuff. And this is not his first rodeo or rodeo, (laughs) as I like to say in the States. So Jeff, thanks for coming on the Boss Podcast. Thanks 
thanks for having me. This is, I mean, you managed to pronounce my name right, which more people than not don't, even though I think it's pretty simple. I mean, I guess it's mine, but I think, you know, it, it's pretty simple. And you have, fortunately, I know a guy and I might be able to get you a couple copies of those books if you're interested in reading them. So uh, thank you for the, the warm introduction. And more importantly, thanks for the opportunity to kind of just chat with you. Like I, I love doing this stuff and, and people ask me why I create so much content. And it's like, I, I love thinking and I love talking through my thoughts and I love writing about my thoughts. I think every salesperson gets better when they write and have to solidify their words. And so I'm just, I'm kind of stuck. I guess I'm a content creator now. So happy to be here. I see you've recently been sharing some great content. There's been a couple of great videos, et cetera, that I've seen. And I just love your style. The way that you're telling salespeople to think, you have a sort of tough love style. And I think we know in today's age, there's a lot of us going, you know, that's good, Johnny. Here's a bronze medal just for participation. And and in sales, we don't get a bronze medal, right? But I do want to be honest and own up. Look, so I did play your voice recording on your LinkedIn profile, uh, you know, where you've got your name there and how to pronounce it. So I played that six or seven times and just listened to the way you pronounce that to make sure I got it right. And then I spelt it out in my notes the way that I thought it was going to be pronounced. Yeah. So uh, I've kind of cheated there. Oh, hey, listen, it's not cheating. I put it out. I put the cheat codes out there for you to find, right? I mean, you know, you did. is it cheating or is it just research? Is it just homework? Uh, well, it's probably homework. I mean, we, we weren't going to talk about this, but we say this with salespeople all the time, right? So people ring me up and they say, ah, Mr. McKenneth, you know, and, the, and right. they screw up my last name. Well, you think, well, this person clearly doesn't know who I am. Whereas if they'd listened to that, if they'd listened to that LinkedIn pronunciation piece and they got that pronunciation right, then what's everyone's favorite sound, right? Everyone's favorite sound is their name. The sound of their own name. Yep, absolutely. Dale Carnegie said that. Correct, it was too, Dale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So wait, where are you joining us from today, Jeff? Where about you located? Just to give the people some context. But I live just outside Detroit. And uh, so, yeah, we're here in the United States. Lovely, good stuff. Yeah, so when I think of Detroit, I think of Eddie Murphy. Mm. Oh, I like it. Beverly Hills Cop, right? From the, the With the Mumford t-shirt. Mumford High School no longer exists. That's been torn down. There are a lot of things that have happened in Detroit, but I'm proud to call myself a Detroiter because there's so many good things happening in Detroit. And we don't need to spend a lot of time on this, but I remember being in outside sales, being one of the only representatives of the company in the state of Michigan, let alone Detroit. And when people would fly in from marketing or whatever, I'd say, okay, we're, we're taking that the, the afternoon, we're going to take a little extra time to get you to the airport. We're going to drive downtown. Maybe we'll stop, get something to eat. Let me show you how cool this place is. Some of the places you're not going to see on TV. So yeah, very proud to be from this part of the country. Very proud to be from this part of my state. And yeah, there's say nice things about people in Detroit. It's just, we'll leave it at that. Cool. Yeah. Uh, look, so I've traveled a bit in the States. I've traveled quite a bit in the States. I'm yet to make it to Detroit. So I'll definitely be putting that on the list next time I come that way. We'll show you a good time. Oh, hey, man, thanks. So that'll be great. So I wanted to cover a couple of things today, and I noticed something that you posted. I think it was just yesterday, uh, and of course, it depends when you're listening to this podcast, but it was something that caught my eye was the line about selling remotely. And you were saying, stop whining about selling remote and that selling has never really been about face-to-face meetings. Now, that seems a little bit counterintuitive to me. Do you want to add to that? Do you want to share what your thoughts are? your thoughts are there? Yeah, I was trying to get your attention. (laughs) The, you know, what's interesting is I have always struggled with the idea, the concept of, well, selling is all about relationships. It's like, okay, I get that. And relationships are definitely 
valuable. And, and, I'll, and I'll bury the lead right now. Face-to-face time is very, very valuable. Don't get me wrong. But if it's all about relationships, then how does someone earn relationships? How does someone starting out in sales? How does someone go and prospect? How does someone go find new customers, people they've never met before, and start doing business with them? So, okay, I get that it's about relationships for the long term, but how do you start there? And so that's been something I've been really working on and thinking about for several years now. And I've written about that in my books. Like, you know, look, your prospects are not looking for new friends. So you don't need a relationship ahead of time. You need to provide value to the relationship. And if you're selling, you're probably providing business value, not friendship value. Well, so many of those people who say that it's all about relationships, they're the tired reps who have been doing this for 20 or 30 years. They have their friends. And they've used their corporate expense accounts for reasons to go hang out with their friends. And they call that selling. And so all of a sudden, you've got these people, particularly in professional service firms or in, you know, in, in certain industries. In the industry I came out of in medical device sales, it was very much door-to-door, face-to-face, person-to-person. But when COVID happened, all that changed. All of a sudden, we couldn't meet face-to-face because there were restrictions. And then... It was like, well, okay, but how do you reconcile that with the fact that we still have a job to do? And so is it really about face-to-face? What can you say face-to-face that you can't say over the phone? What is the message that you can deliver only face-to-face? What is the problem you can solve only face-to-face, even though you're not really typically there when that problem is being solved? So we have to get back to what we're trying to do. And that was the point I was trying to make. Look, if you know how to sell, you don't need to be face-to-face. So stop saying that I have to be face-to-face in order to sell. No, that's a lie. And the sooner you recognize that that's a lie, it's not true, the better off you're going to be. So eh, maybe I provocatively worded it a little bit and said face-to-face doesn't matter. Of course, it's valuable. But when it's not available, don't tell me you still don't have a job to do. Yeah. So I think you're right. And there's, I'm one of those old sales guys, you know, it looks like I'm a bit older than you, but I, you know, I used to love taking clients out to play golf. I love golf. Oh, me too. Nothing better than using the boss's credit card to go to a really nice golf course and smash balls around for four hours and, and write up a six-figure deal on, on the 18th or the 9th hole. But I think, like I agree with you, like I think relationships are becoming less important uh, simply because, and we've all heard this before, is, you know, the buyer committee. You know, you can't take seven people out for golf. I mean, the, the organization's not going to let you take seven, seven of their people out. Right. The golf course isn't <laughs> going to think very highly of that either. They're only four to a group, right? <laughs> True. This is true. So are you saying that relationships never really matter? No, I'm saying that relationships matter. I want people to understand the basis of those relationships, right? I learned very early on from a mentor of mine, and um, he shall remain nameless until he comes on my podcast. And every time he hears that, he chuckles a little bit. But my mentor taught me very early. He said, Jeff, you're going to lose business the same way you win it. So be very cognizant of how you win that business. The more loyalty you build, the more work you put in, the longer it takes. Just realize someone's got to do all of that a little bit better than you in order to take it away. So when we think about that, I mean, is it really about the nice dinner that you took someone to? Is it really about the bottle of wine you bought them as a gift around the holidays? Is it really about the golf course you took them to play? Because as soon as someone else, if it was really about the golf, if it was really about the meal, if it was really about the wine, then as soon as your competitor bought them a nicer meal with a nicer bottle of wine at a nicer golf course, you're out. Oh, yeah, if that's not going to happen, exactly. You're proving my point for me. Does the dinner, does the wine, does the golf, whatever you want to insert the fill in the blank, does that create an opportunity for a great discussion? Oh, yes, it does. But it's always been about the value of the discussion and the value of the, the solutions that you bring. And 
the relationship is born out of that, but there's still work to be done. And too many people, I've heard it too many times. Oh yeah, I was out drinking all night and my wife was upset with me because I came home at three o'clock in the morning, just, you know, stinking, you know, but I was with clients. So it's all good. And it's like, hold on, come on, what are we trying to do here? And, you know, coming out of the medical device industry and I don't know, it's different in, in different areas, but here in the United States, it was illegal, not just like you really shouldn't do that. It was illegal for me to be spending money on my customers, on my prospects, if there wasn't a specific business purpose, a specific and documented business purpose, which meant that I had to have people sign in for meetings. I had to have people, have si- I had to have people sign in for meals and things like that. Like it was taken very, very seriously. So that those options were largely off the table. You know what, Mark? I still sold a lot of stuff. <laughs> I bet you there's do. a way, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Is your outreach getting you labeled as a spammer? What once worked in B2B outbound doesn't work anymore. The goalposts have moved, and so must your approach to sales. Sure, you might land odd conversation or even a reply to an odd cold email, but is it scalable? Will it provide you with enough revenue to hit your yearly goals? Having worked with sales teams all over the world, we see what works and what doesn't. Our new POW coaching program provides sellers with access to the very best training available today. It doesn't matter if you're a team of 50 or a team of one. We have flipped traditional sales training on its head and allow you to learn in your own time and still get the important coaching help that you need. Grab all the details at markmc.com slash POW. So what about the shared experience? So if we just stay on the golf course, right? So if you and I, if you, if you, you, I'm your prospect, and we play, you know, around a golf, and you know, you, you hit a great, great drive, and then you know, you get a remember that time you, you you got that awesome eagle on that long par five when we're right out the back of X Y Z. You know, don't those things, you know, stay with you with the relationship? They sure do. And I have a golf trip that I put together every year, and there are good friends of mine who are clients of mine that come on that trip, and they were good friends before they were clients. They are, there are some people on that trip who are good friends now because they were clients and that's fine. I'm not saying don't do it, saying, let's be real about what it's for. And if your relationship is based on you spending money on them, probably not that much of a relationship, right? If you're really just using this as a boondoggle, right? An excuse to spend someone else's money to have fun. That's not what I got into selling for. It sure is nice when the stars line up. Okay. But we have a job here. That job is the job is to create value and, and hopefully get paid for that. Not try to create the illusion that we're creating value for our own company, so they'll continue to give us the corporate credit card. It's shared experiences. Oh my gosh, yes. You know, and you know, now that I run my own business, it's pretty expensive to invite someone out to golf. So if they come out to golf on my dollar, I'm going to make sure that I have a conversation coming on the back end of that, and that it's not just. Oh, hey, great. Yeah, oh, it was really good to talk to you. Let's do this again sometime. Oh, okay. And then, you know, two months later, they call you back and say, hey, can, can I, uh, you mind, uh, you know, paying for my golf again? Like, you know, come on, what's this, what's this about, right? That was my point of the piece. You know what I mean? You have a job and that job is not to entertain and call them prospects. That job is to figure out the problems you can solve or the, the help that you can provide to those people. And if you have the assets available to be able to have those kinds of conversations on a beautiful golf course, by all means, go and do it. But when it's wintertime where I live, golf's not available. I still have things to sell. When COVID comes and we're not supposed to be you know, congregating or gathering or doing those kinds of things, okay, well, I still have a job. 
let's let's be real about that. Okay, so what are some of the ways that we can maintain our face-to-face relationships in those situations where we can't go face-to-face? What a great question. Well, I think you know, you need to know anyway. Some, a lot of people don't. You need to know what you bring to the table. You need to know why your customer is buying from you. And you need to, you know, hopefully tie those two things together. What are those things that differentiate you? Right. I wrote in the five forgotten fundamentals of prospecting. If you cannot differentiate, you cannot sell. Right. In the absence of any real differentiation, all that's left is price. You enter a price war. It is a race to the bottom. And I don't like entering races to the bottom. So you have to know what you bring to the table that is different from your competitors. And you have to tie your differentiators to your prospect, your customer's motives to buy. And that means that you need to be reminding them that they're making progress with that problem that you're solving for them. They need to be reminded that you're still there with additional solutions should they need to bring on additional project, projects or, or, or things like that. And so you should still be keeping in touch with people. You know, even when you went face to face, there was a reason for your visit, right? Like, right. That's the thing. Those, those reasons don't change, <laughs> you know, like that's the thing you, you see legions of salespeople falling into this trap of, okay, you got to spend money to make money. And I got to be face to face with my client once a month. What does that create? It creates a, bu- it creates a severe lack of meaningful conversations and it creates a bunch of expenses that probably don't need to be created. Right. If you know why your customer is really buying from you and you really you can really have incisive conversations about those problems, those goals, those solutions. And whenever possible, have those face to face. And if it works out every once in a while, have them on a golf course and maybe have a nice glass of wine when you're done by all means. But the conversation is what is important. And you can have those conversations over the phone. I've sold deals over text messages before to repeat customers because that's just the best way to con uh, to contact them. It's funny, I go into this face-to-face thing. I had a physician, I used to sell the orthopedic surgeons and his first day in practice was my first day in orthopedic sales and we were introduced that day. And so as his practice grew, I knew what days to go and see him. When do I stop by? When do I not go by? Because that's a busy day. When is he at the surgery center? When is he at the hospital? And then one day I met him at the surgery center because I needed to talk to him about something. And I just, I I did business at that place. So I walked into his operating room. I was welcome there. And uh, he was just getting ready, you know, just getting done with the case. He says, great, Jeff, great to see you. Come walk with me. And he walks me out the door and he shows me the room where they're prepping for his next case. He's like, I have to go out into the waiting room here, tell the family I just got done operating on their daughter. I have to go into the prep room over here, get ready for my case, two cases from now. And then I got to scrub back in to get into this other room. He's like, I'm busy. I mean, he says, do you mind walking and talking with me? And I said, sure, doc, let's go. We'll walk. And then at the end, he said, Jeff, here's the deal. I am busy. I love seeing you and I don't want to tell you not to come and see me, but can you please not come and see me? Because now I feel like I have to ignore you and I don't like that. So look, send me a text. Let's grab a beer. Let's go play golf. Let's do that stuff. But give me a little heads up. Please don't just pop in and see me. And I was like, wait a second. And I was, of course, doc, appreciate that. And you know, I, I did as I was asked, but I was like, wait a second. I just got asked to not come and see somebody, but I feel like I won at the same time. Cause he said he felt bad that he'd have to ignore me. Like, I was just confused. I was like, you know what? It's not about the face-to-face thing anymore. That's a great story. That's an awesome story, man. You know, and I think this is going to be the new new that's been said. I agree. You know, I think there'll be a lot of businesses that'll say, look, there's there's very little for us to gain in a face-to-face conversation. In fact, if you've got some really good salespeople 
it might be working if I'm the, the customer. If they've got very good salespeople, it might be working against me to have face-to-face meetings because they might be too persuasive to input. Whereas if we can put some distance between us and the prospect, uh, us and the salespeople, it'll give us a bit of a buffer. So I think we're going to see more of that, particularly in large industries. I agree. And I think, you know, will the real salesperson please stand up? You know, the person who understands how to sell, the person who realizes now that since the standards is the standard is a little different when you recognize it. Oh, no, we only do things face to face. And then for the last year, you haven't been able to meet with your clients. So you figured out that Zoom works, that the phone still works, that email is pretty valuable. <laughs> you know, now all of a sudden those don't become those things that we don't do. Those become real tools to scale. So think about how many more meetings you can have over Zoom that you, you know, win the replacement time for traveling to and from sales calls. We can scale in a bit there. That's valuable. And now we recognize the value of a face-to-face call. So if we can reserve some of that, I don't know, pomp and circumstance, right? That might be a little much, but if we can reserve some of the the special nature of a real face-to-face interaction for those times when it's really valuable, like now they're more impactful. Now you realize that even though the the state of the industry is over Zoom. I didn't need to fly across the country to meet with you, but you are that important. This deal is too important. This, this, the, the beginnings of this relationship it could be so beautiful that it was worth the expense of time to come over here and do this. Now, all of a sudden, we, we have a better idea of what, of the meaning of these sales calls and the intention behind them. I think COVID's going to be wonderful for sellers long-term, even though it's, I mean, admittedly, I mean this with all sensitivity. It's admittedly been a mess, you know, for a lot of people. A lot of there's been certainly a a ton of upheaval. But I think long term, what the lessons that we're going to learn from COVID are going to benefit salespeople long into the future. Jeff, that's great stuff. Before we close this out, how can people get in contact with you? You know, there's what's a great way for them to get more of your sales brilliance, and how can they find you? You mentioned at the top of the show, RethinkTheWayYouSell.com. It's a community I've put together. It's on a really cool platform. I think you'll like it. You can just go right there. You can apply to join. I've got five questions, basically, that I ask at the beginning to get in that just helps me understand what you're looking for and, and whether or not I can deliver on this free platform for you. But if they want more of me, I do live sales training every Wednesday afternoon. It's Eastern Standard Time or, or Daylight Time, depending on what time of the year it is. But every Wednesday afternoon, I do live sales training. It's free. Just register and then come in and then I make the, the recording available for a couple of days and then it kind of goes into the, the, the vault of a premium program that I sell. But that is there. And if that's not something that you can make because you're halfway across the world, I've got a podcast called Deeper Thought that you can find on your podcast player right now. A couple episodes are there for free. There's a $99 subscription fee for the entire podcast. There are two to three episodes each week. And it's a really, really cool show. So lots of ways to, to get in touch with me for free. And, and there's also some there that have a price tag on it. And I think people pay attention to what they pay for. So the price tag is not like, I'm not making a living on a $100 podcast subscription, but I do find that people get more out of it because they're paying to pay attention. Yep. I could definitely agree with that. Jeff, really appreciate you coming on the Boss Podcast, the Best of Sales Skills Podcast. Thank you so much for your time, man. Thank you. Oh, Mark, this was fun. Thank you. How would you like an electronic copy of Tactical Pipeline Growth sent directly to you for free? You see, I need a little help and I'm prepared to swap you for it. All you have to do is leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts as it would really help other listeners to find us and it helps us find more great guests in the future. And of course, the better the guests, the better the sales strategies that we get. 
The good news is it'll only take you about 60 seconds to do and you can probably access the review function directly from the device you're using right now to listen to us. I'd really appreciate it. Simply leave us a review and then screenshot that and send it to me either via DM on LinkedIn or directly through my email and I'll send you a copy of the book straight away. So that's it for this show. Catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.